When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Go Huskies podcast is presented by Air Van Moving, the official mover of Husky Athletics and your next move. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. Hey there, welcome to a Football Friday edition of the Go Huskies podcast. I'm Tony Castricone as the dogs are coming off a bye week and now getting ready for a homecoming. It should be a fun festivity at Husky Stadium on Saturday, a 5.30 kickoff against UCLA. The Bruins coming up out of the Pac-12 South with a 4-2 record on the year, 2-1 in league play. One of the dark horse competitors for the Pac-12 South Championship this season. All right, so it's also going to be a celebration of the 30th anniversary of the 1991 National Championship team. The Huskies are wearing throwback jerseys for this game, specially created by Adidas, and many members of the 1991 team will be there as well. So the Dogs, maybe the healthiest they've been all season long, now after some injuries in the wide receiver room, injuries on the defense, injuries really all over the team through the first five weeks of the season, haven't played in a couple of weeks, and should have one of their healthiest teams available as they get ready to battle UCLA on Saturday. Our coverage will start at 3.30 statewide on the network and at 1.30 p.m. on our local flagship 950 KJR in Seattle. Taking a look at this matchup, it should be really compelling. UCLA's offense has been pretty tough to stop so far this year, and they're especially adept at running the football. They've got a one-two punch at running back with Britton Brown, a transfer out of Duke, and Zach Charbonnet, a transfer from Michigan. And the two of them have combined for over a thousand rushing yards so far this season. On the flip side of the ball, 
the Husky offense has done a pretty nice job of running the football, at least it did in the last game against Oregon State, where Kamari Pleasant had a career-high 84 yards on the ground, and Sean McGrew hit the 100-yard mark for the first time in two seasons as a running back. And so we'll talk coming up to Keith Bonifa, running back's coach for the University of Washington, about what's going on in his room. Also, he's got some responsibilities as a special team coordinator and get his thoughts on the kick return game for the Huskies as well, which the dogs have some real talented kick returners, but we haven't seen them shake loose yet in any big returns. As you take a look at some of those numbers, Huskies in kick returns rank 111th in the nation in punt returns ranking 118th. So so you've got some big playmakers and guys like Giles Jackson and Trent McDuffie. What's the key to getting those guys to break loose and have a big return possibly against UCLA? We'll talk to Keith Bonifa about that. We'll also get in-depth on UCLA, the opponent tomorrow, with the voice of the Bruins, Josh Lewin. He'll tell us all about this 4-2 and two start for UCLA, where they've been exceptional and where they still have room to grow, and what are some of the expectations down in L.A. for what this Bruins team can accomplish this season. But before we get into that, we've got to remind you that today's Football Friday edition of the Go Huskies podcast is brought to you by GoPuff. College goes by fast. GoPuff delivers faster. GoPuff delivers anything you need in 30 minutes or less. Snacks, drinks, and other game day essentials like burgers, buns, party cups. Also, everyday needs like laundry stuff, school supplies, electronics, over-the-counters, and much more than that. GoPuff was made for college by students, so they know exactly what you need and when you need it, and they've got a special deal for you. Use promo code VARSITY at checkout for $10 off your first two orders. Again, that's promo code VARSITY at checkout. You get 10 bucks off the first two times you buy. All right, this Football Friday edition is going to get underway with Keith Bonifa, running backs coach at the University of Washington. I feel like the bye came at a good time for you guys. I mean, this was a banged-up team to begin the season. Five games in, you're now starting to get a little bit healthy. What, what about the place this bye fell for you? What, what do you think? I think it was good. You know, it gave us a chance to kind of sit back and, you know, really regroup. Um, you know, just as a, especially, if, you know, I think about my group, the, the running back unit, and kind of see, okay, where can we take the next step as a group when it comes to running the ball, catching the ball out the backfield, blocking. And then I just think for special teams-wise, it gave us a chance to kind of reevaluate just kind of what we're doing on teams, what we like, what we don't like. Um, and then overall, I, I think about our team, I think it was good for us to kind of take a step back and look and take a breath and say, listen, we can get this done. We just got to go out there and execute. And it comes down to the details of the game plan. It comes down to us as coaches getting these guys in the best position to make plays. Before we talk running game and before we talk UCLA, you know, some of the news that came out this past week, Tim Horn has decided to enter the transfer portal. And so Peyton Henry is your guy right now. There's a backup. 85, Addison Schrock, a walk-on. Uh, we don't really know a whole lot about him. What can you tell us about uh, 85 if he gets called into duty? You know, Addison Schrock is, uh, you know, he's been here and he's done a great job as far as being ready. Anytime we ask, I think, you know, one of the things that, you know, a lot of things that's lost on Saturdays and as you go through social media are the guys that are behind the scenes that are out here working every day to kind of take the next step individually as players. And Addison Schrock is one of those guys. He's a kid that, um, you you know, it's out here working with the kickers and the long snappers, you know, during individual. And now, you know, we have the next man up mentality. And I think Addison is one of those guys who's ready to be the next guy out there, whether it be a, a kickoff, whether it be a field goal, or extra point. Um, you know, us as a staff and as a team, we have 100 percent faith because, you know, he's put in the work to go out there and be ready to go. Uh, what's his background? Did he kick a lot in high school, a soccer player? What's the background? 
kicked in high school. I'm not 100% sure on as if he was a soccer player. I do need, I probably should figure that out. Um, I do think one of the things that, you know, we've been able to see is he has some good pop off his leg. He's confident. And, you know, sometimes, you know, having no pressure is the biggest confidence you can have. And, you know, at this point, you know, what we've asked him to do at practice, he's, he's shined. Tell me a little bit about uh, the conversations with Tim. And, you know, I know he was a guy that, that had a lot of hopes of, of being a starting kicker here. Uh, you know, what, what, what kind of went down there? You know, I, I just think sometimes guys, um, you know, they want they want to get a chance to have an opportunity and they feel like um, this is my opportunity. And I, I, unfortunately, I think, you know, for Tim, I think he felt like this was the uh, best situation. The best thing for him to do was to enter the transfer portal. And, you know, you just kind of have to go from there. And as, as a team, we're just worried about making sure Peyton and, and Addison Schrock are ready to go. You know, I, and I, that's really what I feel. Um, obviously, you have conversations trying to, you know, put logic to, you know, uh, decisions that are made. But at the end of the day, he felt like entering the transfer portal, portal was better for him. And that's where we're at. Yeah. Let's talk return game. You know, you've got some really dynamic athletes out here. Uh, statistically, you haven't had the pop that you want in the return game, punt game or kick game. Uh, tell me what you've seen in the first five weeks and, and what would you like to see moving forward? Well, if I, to just, what I would like to see moving forward is some explosive returns. You know, there's no doubt about that. I think, you know, one of the things we've been harping on, um, you know, obviously it starts with the guys that are blocking. You know, we got to do a better job on our hold-up, better job, you know, standing ball me man, which, you know, the position we want to be in. And, you know, the second part of this, that is, I think, getting our returners in positions where, okay, now these guys created space. Now you got to push the ball vertical and get it there. I do think um, – you know, we have the guys, we have the talent, like you said, in the back end that can, you know, catch the ball and do something explosively. I think we just all are slowly trying to put it together as a unit. And obviously you want it sooner than later. Um, I do think fundamentally and technique-wise we're doing some stuff that can put these guys in the best position to make plays. These are some of the hardest things to practice because it's one of the more dangerous plays in the game and you can't really go full speed a whole heck of a lot other than game day so how, how do you balance that challenge with trying to stay healthy in practice and also try to work on you know these really difficult plays well, I think the one thing is, um, you know, football is a physical sport. Um, you try to do your best to put, you know, to, to work your technique full speed, you know, whether it's in circuits, whether it's in half have group drills and things like that but we we do we have done a great job of kind of putting it all together recently with the whole KOR team the whole punt return team to kind of get as much live you know a, a live feel as you can but like you said you can't really um you can't really recreate it as much as you can as far as how it feels on game day uh you know and I think, like you said, you're trying to keep these guys healthy. But at the end of the day, we, if our technique is sound and we believe that we're fundamentally good and, you know, guys are executing, we'll be just fine. And that's a long season. Yeah, well, you've been around here through some great returners. John Ross, Dante Pettis, you've seen some of the greats. What did they have? What, what's the it factor in a return game that allows guys to be special? That's a good, they had great blocking. No, oh, that's just, true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, no, I think, you know, one of the things is, you know, you always want to say, you know, it's the blocking up front. But I do feel like, you know, we have guys that have the mentality that they do want to have explosive returns and take one to the house. Um, you know, one of the things I always – 
come back to is, you know, they had opportunities where they just had to make that one guy miss, and then there was some space. I think one thing that we're trying to create as a KOR team and as a punt return team is just giving these guys space so now they can put their foot in the ground and get, at least get started to make that one guy miss. Mm-hmm. So they they were able to have a little bit of space to get the one guy to get the make the one guy miss to get vertical. Let's talk running backs. Uh, last game against Oregon State, it, it seemed like your sixth year seniors really stepped up. And probably the best running game you've had all season long. What did you see out of Sean McGrew and Kamari Pleasant? You know, I think, you know, one thing that you do know that those guys are uh, just veterans, man. You know, those guys understand, you know, what, what game day is like, what it feels like. And, you know, I have guys that play, played a little bit, but I think the one thing watching those guys is the poise that they were out there and they played with uh, that last game. You know, whether it was the run game, or whether it was in protection, was it, even when it was catching the balls out the backfield, they were able to just to understand the poise of, okay, this is my assignment, this is my job, I'm going to go out there and get it done. And, you know, as a coach, sometimes you get, you know, you get you you miss the you see the miss the forest for the trees you know what I mean and I think what those guys were able to do was just show you that there are seven veteran players that can go out there they're experienced and they can help this offense get the ball down the field yeah we talked in the offseason a little bit maybe it was in spring about how we got such a loaded room mm. is there going to be a Miles Gaskin a bell cow that's going to kind of rise above and be clearly the guy and it's one of the challenges in, in trying to evaluate these guys through all the camps and everything else. Who's going to show up on game day? It seemed like the first two games of the season, it was Newton and Davis. It seemed like the last game, it was McGrew and Pleasant. Where, where are we at here at the midway point with the way that you look at this loaded room? You know, I do think, you know, we have a loaded room. Um, you, you name those four guys with uh, Newton, CD, uh, Sean and Kamari. I think at this point, the guy that, in my opinion, and obviously, you know, we can we still got some practices left before we start this, you know, start this game on Saturday. But Sean McGrew is, you know, he's showing up and he's doing a great job of putting himself in position to continue to make plays. The way he focuses in the meeting room, the way he's out here at the, on the practice field, and then most importantly, like you just talked about how he's showing up in the game you know you show up in the game like that you know it's rewarded and that's the one thing that I think has been the mantra from coach Lake through our staff is you know physical effort play will be rewarded and right now uh Sean McGrew is reaping the benefits for our offense I know one of the guys that you know Greg Lewis is on our radio crew he's a former running back the guy he was most excited about coming in this season was Cam Davis a lot of people excited about Cam Davis it's been a tough start to the season for him what what do you tell number 22 about keeping your head down getting to work overcoming some of the things early on I think the one thing I, I, I say I, I say one thing. The two things is I just keep, first of all you just keep coaching them. Um, you keep coaching them. Um, you make sure uh, I'm, I'm doing trying to do a great job of making sure he's locked in on the details of assignments in the run game, his details in the pass game. And I think the one thing with young guys like that you have to be careful because sometimes they'll go out there and they're trying to make the extra play instead of just make the play. Um, you know, just run power how it's supposed to run. Run, run inside zone how it's supposed to be run, ran. We don't need this extra ordinary effort we just need you to do your job so just getting him in the mindset where I just got to go out here and do my job and that's good enough because as we all know and there's a reason why we're excited about all these guys 
Cam has explosive play ability. You know, Cam has the ability. He's going to be a big time back at the University of Washington. But at the same time, we got to crawl before we walk. And right now, he's kind of in that crawling phase, and we're just kind of getting him along to where we're getting him, you know, little tidbits here and there where he can finally start to build some confidence and get the ball rolling for himself. I remember you were asked a little bit about Richard Newton and how you don't want to shave the bulls on a horn or the horns on a bull because you know that's a physical running back right there and he really showed it in 2019 early on and this is just my observation it seemed like in games he was kind of looking for some daylight tiptoeing a little more than we saw as a freshman what do you see from Richard Newton's game this year and obviously he's a guy that's shown it on tape he's he's got huge potential what's the key for Rich right now in this season I think it's the same thing like I just said man uh Tony to be honest it's like Let's not go out there and every run is not going to be 60 yards. Every run is not going to be 30 yards. But, you know, with some of the stuff we have in, with the way our line blocks, there's definitely going to be guaranteed three, four, five, seven-yard runs out there. Let's take that and then let's make the defense miss a tackle. So then now it's our explosive our explosive plays will come down the field. So I guess with that being said, it's like, okay, let's get consistent first. You know, everybody loves to splash in the plan, 60-yard, yeah. 40-yard run. But – what we need right now as an offense, as a, as a unit, and then really out of my room, I want guys that are going to play consistently, running the ball, catching the ball, blocking. And I think right now that's where those old dogs are kind of taking the, taking the lead because they're just out there playing consistently. Emeka Megwa is now officially a Husky. I see him out there in practice, and, you know, I mean, you know, it's probably going to be a while before he, he sees the field, but it's really cool to have him as an addition early in an unexpected way. Uh, tell me a little bit about him. It's our first chance to, to hear you talk about him. And also, what is it that 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 you see as, as his upside someday? Yeah, good question. Uh, really good kid. I mean, um, you know, as far as doing your research, when you're talking to guys uh, about, you know, Mecca, especially the coaches I, were able to, I was able to interact with in that Dallas-Fort Worth area, you know, he's all about football. He's, you know, one of the hardest working guys. He's always in the weight room. He's always trying to go train somewhere. That That is kind of his deal, really quiet. Um, but, you know, as far as when I've met with him uh, to go over some of the installs since he's here, you know, he's really has a good football mind and he's really excited about being here, which is a plus. You know, sometimes you get a guy like that and he's like, oh, I got here and I don't I, I should still be in high school. But he is really excited about being here. He's been embraced by the team, by all the guys. Um, and then, you know, just as you watch him, you know, obviously this is a, a lot different situation than I've ever been in where you got a guy that comes this early. But, you know, you watch his film from high school, you know, really good. Uh, quick twitch, quick twitch for how big he is. Catches the ball. They lined him, lined him up at receiver. You know, they lined him up in the slot. Um, you know, when it comes to running the ball, he does a great job of being able to use his tools where he's able to get his, you know, get his balance, get his body low, run guys over. He has a great stiff arm. He has really good vision. And, you know, obviously you've seen him out here. He's a big kid. So it's going to be one of those things. Once he gets in shape and rolling, I'm really excited about how this room is shaping up for the future. And, uh, you know, one of the things I knew we wanted to do was continue to get a little bit bigger. But now we're getting kind of that next tier of athlete with him, the Javion Sundays of the world. World where guys that are, you know, this good frame that can run. I think Cam Davis fits in that. I think mm. Rich fits in that. And, you know, obviously we got to get these guys going. But when I think about Emeka Megwa and what he, the addition he's going to be to this program when he gets the chance to start rolling, I just think about a physical, football, intelligent guy that's able to make plays with his hands, catching out the backfield. He's stout in protection and a guy that really has good vision running the football. All right, you're playing UCLA for homecoming this weekend. Statistically, the yardage they give up, less than 100 a game on the ground. 
it's kind of hard for me to tell how much of that is some of the teams they've played against. They've, they've gone against a Hawaii. They've gone against a Fresno State that threw it a lot. So, uh, you know, what do you see up front from UCLA as you're scouting them out and, and getting ready for this game? Yeah, they have athletes up front. I mean, they got really good players on the D-line. Their linebackers are good. Um, they have a, a good scheme where they're active. They're aggressive. Uh, they're trying to cause confusion, cause chaos, whether it be in the backfield or in the pass game. So, you know, you watch these guys. You're like, this is a high-energy, high-effort team that is uh, trying to, you know, make some big plays, whether it be, you know, in the backfield or just try to uh, hurt you with protection and get some hits in on the quarterback. Uh, I think the one thing that, you know, we have to be ready for is our communication. Communication is going to be key for us to make sure we're able to do some things, especially in the pass and run game. You know, the last couple of years, well, I'm trying to think. There was no bye last year, right, right. because it was so strange. Right. 2018 and 2019, that bye came a little bit later in the season. This one falls early. You're, you're five games in, and you're not where you want to be at two and three, but it's, it's almost like this is the beginning of the second half of the season here. What's the what's the mentality going into this second half? And then, of course, it's the heavier half of the schedule, too, with some really big games oh, yeah. still ahead. Oh, yeah. uh, a whole lot of meat left on the bone this season. I think mentality is, you know, being detailed and execute. You know, I think for us, the, it comes down to the details. The coaches relaying the details to the players. The players executing the details. I mean, for us, you know, we are – you know, you can, you know, you look at the season, we're two and three, and you can say this and this, but at the end of the day, when you go back and watch the film, the guys are playing hard. Um, the guys are giving effort. So now it's up to us to clean up the details. I think in my room, one of the things that I'm focusing on is making sure we take care of the football. You know, ball security, ball security is a big issue. Um, when you're a running back, you can't hold on to the ball. You don't play on the field that much. So, you know, I think everybody, everybody is kind of getting their – um, their groups in line to, you know, focus on the details and getting us ready to operate and execute with great energy. Yeah, I mean, last thing for you, you know, you had a run of 13 games in a row where running back did not put the ball on the ground. Now it's been four games in a row. I see you roll your eyes because it's frustrating, right? I mean, right? Sometimes you don't know where this stuff is coming from or when it's going to happen. Jimmy Lake has said that turnovers come in bunches. Yeah. They, they happen in waves. Right. What, what, from your perspective as the running backs coach, when you watch that, what, what, what do you think about? You know, um, well, what I think about is pulling my hair out. I'm glad it's short because it'll be <laughs> out. But, um, no, I think, you know, it's just, it goes back to fundamentals, right? Yeah. You know, one of our, our first fundamental when you think about running back play is ball security. Okay, and I think about the, you know, obviously you play back the fumbles in your head. I can, I look at them and watch them in my head all the time, and you know, the ball security in the contact zone at the line of scrimmage. You know, we have one hand on the ball. We're trying to, you know, fight for extra yards, but right there, that needs to be two hands on the ball with our eyes up, legs driving. Let's get ready for the next play because they got us surrounded, and it just comes back to what we talked about earlier when we're talking about Cam and uh, Rich. It's like let's make the consistent play. Don't worry about the big play. You know, when you're already surrounded, okay, let's get what we can get and let's get ready for the next the next play. Um, and I think right now our focus is protecting the football at the line of scrimmage. So when I think about that, I'm like, okay, what am I doing as a coach uh, that is, you know, you say causing these fumbles, which yeah. you, 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 
or what am I doing or not doing? And, you know, the emphasis has been good. But now for us and, you know, just for all our coaches, for me right now, it's going back to our practice when we do our individual and do our best, do my best to put these guys in situations where it's close quarters and they have to protect the ball. So that's really what we've been focusing on. KB, I appreciate you. Good luck this weekend. Right, appreciate you. I'm really excited to see who the Huskies start at running back in this game. Sean McGrews looks good. Kamari Pleasant off the bench. But yet you still got talented guys like Cam Davis and Richard Newton, who everybody was excited going into the season, backing them up. And head coach Jimmy Lake mentioned on the Jimmy Lake show earlier this week that Richard Newton is probably the healthiest he's been all year as they're getting ready to get him back from a little bit of an upper body injury. So looking forward to seeing this running back room perform against UCLA, which currently ranks as one of the better rushing defenses in the country. But that's not all they're good at. For a full breakdown on the Bruins, we talked to the voice of the Bruins, Josh Lewin. Okay, Josh Lewin, let's talk a little uh, Huskies and UCLA. Uh, Last time you were up here, it was an unbelievable late October day. Sunshine, 68 degrees. Uh, One of those rare gems we sometimes get in the late fall in the Pacific Northwest. I think uh, as of the time we're recording this forecast, a little more typical Seattle uh, weather. It's 60% chance of rain, 55 degrees. Uh, I think they call that dog weather up here and uh, looking forward to hosting the folks from Southern California. (laughs) Yeah, we're looking forward to being there, Tony, for sure. And, uh, you know, anytime, no matter the weather that you're playing at that stadium, it's a lot of fun. And the Bruins don't always win there. Um, I think they got a shot this time if they run the ball the way they are capable of doing. But I think you guys are due for a complete game one of these times. So uh, it's a scary matchup, I think, both ways. Well, it's it's really fascinating. I almost never look at the, the betting lines, but it's interesting to me that Washington's a two-point favorite early in this week. And, um, you know, UCLA's had the better season, I'd say by far, um, compared to expectations. So what do you make out of that? Yeah, I mean, it, here we are in the middle of October almost, and we don't really know who the Bruins are. You know, I mean, we, we see a couple of really good running backs in Charbonnet and Britton Brown. Uh, they've got a very good offensive line, really veteran team. I mean, even the defense can roll out 11 seniors or grad students at one time, and they usually do. But they've been very up and down. And, uh, you know, they, they look so great against LSU. Uh, they looked like they didn't belong on the same field with Arizona State. So, I, you know, I, I like to think it's more the team that, that beat up LSU, although now we know the Tigers weren't that great to begin with. But, you know, the scary thing is that the Bruins don't have a win yet against a team with a winning record when you get right down to it. So, you know, I think Washington should have a winning record. I mean, you guys have the talent and you're home and, and, uh, I think it's fair that it's kind of an even Steven um, point spread here off the top, you know, give the home team a few points and all of that. But uh, if the Bruins play up to their capabilities, I like their chances. I think that Arizona state game, I mean, they're, they're super talented. They've got a good offense. I, I think that's a typical PAC 12. Anything goes on any given Saturday game. I think maybe the bigger surprise was the Fresno state game. What'd you make out of that? Well, Jake Hayner's an NFL quarterback, and he was just Aaron Rodgers in that game. I mean, he was not going to be defeated. And I think the Bruins, frankly, underestimated him. You know, the way they were playing coverage I and mean, giving eight, nine, ten-yard cushions. And, you know, they, they had a receiver, Jalen Cropper, who just kept getting open, just running little outs, and Hayner didn't miss. You know, now there were other games. I mean, they go and play Stanford right after that, and Tanner McKee opens up one for nine. So, you know, it's just one of those things where that's a good quarterback who was really on his game. I don't think the Bruins were ready for him or that 
basin of receivers is just so deep for Fresno State. But then Fresno State goes and loses at Hawaii, and it kind of kills that whole narrative. Well, you know, Fresno State's just a really underrated team. It's like losing to Boise State, you know. Maybe not if you can't beat Hawaii. So uh, it's one of those crazy years because the Bruins did beat Hawaii. They beat them by 34 points. <laughs> and by, by the associative property, none of this makes sense. But uh, the, the, the Fresno State game is the one they'd really like to have back. I think if they would have adjusted their coverage, they would have won that game. And if your only loss is Arizona State, I think you're right. People look at UCLA differently. If there's one sport where the transitive law of mathematics just never applies, it's college football. I mean, you, oh, just, for sure. you never know what's going to happen from week to week um i i did think this was going to happen i thought you give chip kelly three or four years and he's going to build an offense and i think we're starting to see that offense get rolling how much of that do you attribute to just a, a veteran offense that's all been in this system for a while now and starting to have cohesiveness and continuity with a with the coaching staff yeah, it's tricky because, you know, the guys that are the, the great running backs are both transfers. Good you know, point. They've not come up through the system, right? I mean, one came from Michigan, one came from Duke. One of the guys on the O-line is a transfer, although he was here last year. But your point is well taken. I mean, the whole point of going through three really lousy seasons was, all right, if there's a big jackpot in the fourth season, then it will all have been worth it. And that's what everybody's been waiting for. So that's why if this season is six and six or seven and five, People are going to be like, well, wait a minute. You know, we, we slogged through a bunch of three and nines and four and eights to get to seven and five and a trip to the Vegas Bowl. I mean, that was the big payoff. That's not going to go well. But if they recover here and end up nine and three with a veteran team, people say, all right, yeah, you know, Chip knew what he was doing. I, I feel like his prowess offensively made you feel like that offense was eventually going to get to be pretty good. It's on the defensive side where I didn't really know what to expect and whether or not UCLA could put it together. What are you seeing out of UCLA's defense this year, uh, strengths and weaknesses? Well, the first two, even three games, they had a pass rush that made it a lot easier for the secondary to cover. And I'm one of those guys that doesn't always blame the secondary when you're, for example, 127th in the nation in pass defense, which you know the Bruins have pretty much been for the last few weeks. But if the pass rush isn't getting home, I think sometimes that's where you need to look first. And Mitchell Agude is a great player, edge rusher. Um, he's not 100%, and he's been playing like he's not 100%. He's just not getting home. Uh, you know, Jaden Daniels came in with Arizona State. Not only didn't he get sacked, there was not one quarterback hurry in that game. Mm. I mean, his uniform looked, I mean, looked like he was uh, a midshipman at Navy in the dress white. <laughs> You know, I mean, the uniform was that bright at the end of the night, and that just shouldn't be. So, you know, rightly or wrongly so, everybody points at the secondary and says, boy, I guess they just can't cover. But, I mean, even this last game against Arizona, you know, I mean, their quarterback had seemed like four or five, six seconds all the time to just mm. kind of go through his progressions, and it's tough to cover for six seconds. So um, that's something they got to shore up statistically you look at rushing defense you look at passing defense this looks like a pretty good rushing defense second in the league and fewest yards allowed per game but I'm always a little skeptical to use that as a solo metric to to say how good a team is against the run you've played the, the Hawaii's LSU didn't run the ball a whole heck of a lot in that game you know just the the schedule that you've gone up against how how good is your rushing defense and what have you seen in in that regard 
It, it is a good rushing defense, but you're right. The numbers can be tricky because, for example, Fresno State came out with Hayner and threw the ball 50 times. Yep. You know, so, of course, he had a good run defense that game. They didn't want to run it. But uh, I do think they have guys that know how to tackle, that hit you hard. Um, it's the best group of linebackers they've had in a few years. And Otito Obonia has been terrific. I mean, they lost another guy who's tough to pronounce with the same initials of, of O-O. Yeah. Uh, so Diggy Zuagos, and, and he's doing great things with the Cowboys. So that was kind of a concern. Who would be that middle of, you know, the Danny Shelton type, that just, you know, middle of your line run plugger and he's been that guy so i don't think it's a mirage that their run defense shows up so well in the stats dtr's fourth year in the program under chip kelly uh where has he grown and where does he still have to grow well his decision making has been much better he's not doing that serpentine backwards for 18 yards and then take a sack <laughs> thing that he, he was famous for the first couple of years uh, you know, throwing the ball away sometimes and, uh, you know, his legs kind of like Jaden Daniels, you know, always gives him an, op- an opportunity to get the ball down the field that way. His accuracy has been a disappointment. You know, I mean, it, it's been on the uptick every year, first year to second year to third year. And again, you know, you, you try to find other places to point fingers sometimes if the receivers aren't getting open. What are you supposed to do? And I think there's a lot of that. They have two guys that do get open, Kyle Phillips in the slot. And I think they've got, you know, all due respect to your tight end, I think that Greg Dulcich is the best tight end in the conference. Mm-hmm. So he's a, basically a wide receiver. You know, I mean, he just a great pair of hands. And um, I think Dulcich is for sure an NFL player. So those guys get open. Nobody else really does. So, you know, it, in terms of touchdowns versus interceptions, the numbers are better. Um, that's good in terms of rushing yards. That's better. Fewer sacks taken. That's better. But, um, you know, he, he just had a game where he was one for eight in the first half, ended up with about a hundred yards through the air. He hasn't had a 300 yard passing game all year. So don't know against your secondary, if this is the weekend to look for that, but bottom right. line is there've been some improvements, subtle improvements, but, um, you know, not the big breakout everybody was hoping for. Well, you know, with, with the Huskies putting Kyler Gordon and Trent McDuffie out there and the safeties that can get interceptions and all that, and Buki Radley-Hiles on, on the nickel, I just don't see a whole lot of reason UCLA would abandon what has been a very successful running game through the first six games of the season against a Huskies front that seems to be better against the run than it was maybe the last couple of years, but but still Michigan, ton of success on the ground. You look back yeah, at some of these I, other games, you know, I mean, it, it's just, it, it seems like UCLA is going to start by running the ball. It, it would make a lot of sense. Now, the one thing I haven't seen a lot of yet with the Bruins that I, I think all of us in the booth have been holding out for, I mean, their screen game is nowhere. You know, they might throw mm-hmm. one screen a game and they've got guys they can put out. Ethan Fernie has been hurt. He broke his wrist, so I don't know if he's even an option going forward. But, you know, a speedster like Casimir Allen, who started out as a running back, you know, do you just get him the ball in space and let him go? You know, I mean, Chip Kelly had Darren Sproles in Philadelphia. I know he knows how to do it. But maybe, you know, maybe that's a wrinkle that shows up down the line. For the most part, they're running between the tackles with two bruisers that we've talked about, Charbonnet and Brown. And... You're right. I don't see a reason to go away from that necessarily. If the Washington uh, plus is they really know how to cover. And the Bruins minus is they don't have a lot of receivers that can get open. And it just kind of stands to reason. You might as well run it. Yeah. 
Curious to see if the Huskies can stop the run because between your big two bruisers, I mean, you got a thousand yards. You you got you got basically two headed, one running back. That's a that's a thousand yard rusher already through half the season, and and both of them are veteran, and, and both of them seem kind of indistinguishable. What's the difference between the two to you? Yeah, that, that, that's a good point. I mean, last year's guy, Demetrius Felton, was very distinguishable because he was more of that uh, Tasmanian devil, you know, spin on you kind of guy. Um, these guys just like to to run you over, you know, very uh, Jerome Bettis e or, or Marshawn Lynch e, even you know, for that <laughs> before heading to Seattle. But yeah. uh, Charbonnet, I think, has a little bit more um, in terms of getting inventive. I mean, I, I trust him with a some sort of spin move or something like that if he needs to. He seems to create a little bit more space. Britton Brown is you know the get ahead of steam guy and just keep on going. Tough to bring down, but. They are similar, uh, similarly built, very muscular, um, you know, just good, good guys, both of them. I mean, obviously both starting out at really smart schools at Duke and Michigan. So we've joked about that. It's like, the, you know, we, we take it to, to basketball right away. We think about the Fab Five against Leitner in the backfield. You know, Michigan and Duke was always such a great basketball rivalry. And it's a rivalry for carries now. I mean, who you know, Britton Brown was the guy that always was in on the first two possessions and then Charbonnet would come on in relief. Lately, that's flipped. It's been the other way around. But to me, it's six one, half dozen the other. They can both run you over. Always basketball references at UCLA. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Hey, let's let's talk. Uh, come uh, first, special teams. I got two more things for you. First, special teams. Give me the rundown on special teams. Uh, they're good, not great. Um, they do have two good return guys for sure. Casimir Allen uh, almost has broken a kickoff twice. Kyle Phillips, you know, when they let him do it, if you give it to him on a low arc. He'll take it back 20, 30 yards on you. I mean, he's really good. Um, decent kicking game, decent punting game. Nothing to, to really beat your chest about, but, they're, they're, but they won't embarrass themselves. And then, you know, I, I think you've had is two different administrations, so to speak, but two of the biggest comebacks in college football history over the last four years. You think back to the A&M game. Well, that's and, right. And then a couple of years ago, it was Washington State. And... Um, you called both of them, and, and I'm just curious, like, what – that that's something for the same program in a four-year span to to accomplish that. I, I look at UCLA as just based on that evidence alone, a team – you can never count anybody out, but particularly a team that has put it on tape twice in the last four years that they've come back from 30-plus. Yeah, that's a great point. And, um, you know, it's funny. I actually didn't cause – the only game I've missed was the, the at-Washington State game. Mm. Nick Cope filled in for me. And it was great for him, you know, but I, I couldn't get away. I was doing Red Sox at Tampa Bay. And if you've mapped it out, trying to see if there's any direct flights from uh, Tampa to Pullman, uh, <laughs> you, you might be surprised to find out you, you can't get there. You just can't. So, you know, I, I really did want to get to that game, but there was just no way. Um, but, yeah, you know, the, the Texas A&M game was the other one, and that was Josh Rosen. That wasn't right. DTR. So, uh, you know, they, they know anybody that's been around here for the last few years are confident they can do that if they need to. That's a nice thing to have. Yeah. All right. Well, sounds like uh, it's time to let you go. Sounds like somebody needs let out or something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, it's, 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 you know, we're playing the Huskies. So all I got <laughs> is a talk them. But, uh, I figured I'd give you a little salute. <laughs> sounds great, Josh. I look forward to seeing you in the booth. 
Yeah, thanks, Tone. Always a pleasure. All right, that'll do it for this edition of Football Friday on the Go Huskies podcast. Thanks to Josh Lewin, the voice of the Bruins, and also Keith Bonifar, running backs coach at the University of Washington. Remember, it's a 5.30 kickoff at Husky Stadium on Saturday. Our pregame coverage statewide on the network begins at 3.30, and then locally with the Husky Honks on our local flagship station, 950 KJR in Seattle. Uh, they'll be on the air at 1.30 with the pregame coverage. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Go Huskies podcast. I'm Tony Castricone. Go Dogs. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate, not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.